You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Tuesday morning, I believe. Aaron here in the Caldwell Anchor Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe, I believe. But what I do know, Jake Martin from the Washita Citizen in the house. What up, Jake? Hey, now. What's up? <laughs> Try to bring some life into this studio. I think I used all my good material in our uh, pre-show meeting, so I apologize for the next two hours. <laughs> that was good material I had, wasn't it? What part? <laughs> I must have missed that part. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. The Stuart Shelby hotline slash text line. Go to stuartshelby.com for a free quote. Got a pretty nice guest list today, but as always, we start with headlines. Yes, we do. Uh, you want to start with some high school baseball action? Sure, why not? Playoffs started yesterday. Yes, they did. And I was out at West Washita, where the Chiefs defeated Karen Crow four to nothing. Now, this was a game I was really anticipating because they played each other last year, and if you'll recall, you know, in this elimination format. Karen Crow got the best of West Washita in a 5-4 game that went nine innings, mm. upset West Washita in the first round. This was the year after they went and played for the state title. Mm. So, yeah, it was a huge stunner. And this agitated Mitch Thomas for quite some time. You never want to go out in the first round. You never want to go out in the first round, no. Uh, but Plus, especially like uh, that. were they a 5 seed last year, too? I was trying to remember. They were either 4 or 5. Huh. But, yes, they were a top 5 seed. Uh, they were <clears throat> expected to, you know, you look at last year's team, it was a lot like this year's team, except I thought they had, you know, bigger bats in the order. Um, but, again, uh, Mitch Thomas talked about how a lot of younger players had to play last year. Mm. They grew up, and you saw that maturation last night in last night's win. But, anyway, I caught up with Mitch. I want to play, This is one of my favorite sound bites I've gotten this year. Ooh, wow. Yeah, I caught up with him last night after the game, and I said, listen, just be honest. What were you thinking when you were matched up with Karen Crow again? Uh, bracket came out and we found out that we we're playing Karen Crow again it was going to be a rematch I had a bunch of the seniors last year texting me saying you know good luck and you know giving me tips and everything like that and and uh, they thought it was payback time and uh, and I agree with them. So. <laughs> it was the type of game that you just craved to be on that mound right yes how yeah. good did it feel to be out there and have the ball in your hands oh it felt great it it, it was that's one of the best experiences I've had to go back there and and to kind of redeem myself from last year and uh, it, it meant a lot to me all right, so that was Luke Honeycutt. Uh, that's Louisiana Tech signee who pitched a uh, very uh, a brilliant game on the mound. Yeah, threw a shutout. Um, he he was that was another story from last night. The fact that he pitched the first time last year against Karen Crow and got to come back and like you said redeem himself and he he certainly did that. How often do you think that ever happens where you have the the, the rematch in the first round, perhaps pretty close to being the same seeds as last year, the same stadium same field and same then, officials and then the same starting pitchers yeah same starting pitchers one year later it's crazy redemption uh-huh. West Washington. and they got it uh but the clip that i wanted to play was right here uh this is mitch thomas talking about ge- being matched up with karen crow 
one more time in the very next season. I go back to the fact that a lot of those guys, was, that was their first playoff game. It was brand new for them. And tonight, you've got to, we saw a difference. They were more mature. They handled things. And, and again, Luke tonight, you know, he was he was dominant on the mound. And, and Luke's been good for us all year. To be honest, when you saw that you were going to play them, what was your gut reaction? Crap. <laughs> Honestly, that's what it was. But you know, honestly, I'm glad. I'm, I'm down deep. I'm glad because for a year it's bothered me because they've got a good team. But last year we didn't play real well against them, and uh, I, I, that, that's what snarled at me for years that we didn't play a good baseball game against them. And tonight I thought we really did. I like that nod at it. Yeah, yeah, and it certainly did. And like like we said, how rare is it to be able to avenge that same exact scenario just a year later? Wes Walstall was able to do that last night. All right, so that was the good news last night from the uh, high school playoffs for Northeast Louisiana squads. And then we moved to 5A. And we mentioned the fact that it was odd, rare, the fact that uh, our three 5A schools would all go on the road in the first round, Jake. Yeah, they all fell, uh, unfortunately. Uh, Rustin is a number 28 seed against Captain Shreve. They lose two to nothing. Washita, not many gave them much of a chance besides Jake over here, considering it's one game. And, of course, they had Hammond on the mound. As a number 31 seed, they give second-seeded Sam Houston all they can handle. Yeah, 4-3 uh, to three loss to Sam Houston. Like you said, the number two team. But Jake Hammond went out there. I thought, you know, if you have a stud like Jake Hammond or Jonathan Snuggs, a kid like that where you can throw him out there in one game, you got a chance. And Washita proved that last night. Uh, gave a heck of an effort, but ultimately fell. Uh, but Hammond went six innings, only allowed four runs on six hits, and he also had seven strikeouts. And then West Monroe, you knew coming off last year, nationally ranked, of course, uh, state runner-ups from last season. You have literally, what, seven players from last year's squad that are playing at the next level in some form or fashion in athletics. This year was going to be a little bit of a bumpy road, but you, you looked at them, they had a lot of promise. Injuries certainly crept in this year. They go into the postseason as a number 20 seed. They go on the road, and they lose to Lytle. Yes, they did. Um, Ryan Johnson homered in that game for West Monroe. But ultimately, Bailey Semino, the live oak pitcher, he kept West Monroe at bay. And uh, this, is, this was a very strange year for West Monroe. Uh, like, we, like you said, we knew that they lost a lot. They still had a lot of talent. We still kind of expected them to, to get it clicking. And at the middle of the season, they had a win streak going. But uh, it, it, besides that, it seemed like they never really kind of jailed and, and, and came into their own. Uh, but you know they'll be back next year. So Northeast Louisiana eliminated from the 5A postseason. One other game of note uh, yesterday, Delhi Charter, a number 15 seed at home. They win 5 to nothing. A lot, uh, a lot more games coming up tonight, and then a number of our teams, of course, having first-round bots in the smaller classifications. One game to keep an eye on tonight, of course, uh, Neville. They really uh, creeped up the uh, power ratings in the last uh, two weeks of the season and actually won themselves a home playoff game in the first round. Yes, they did. They'll play today at home. They'll uh, be playing at 430. I'm going to go check that one out. Uh, other headlines on this Tuesday morning. I think we got to go with the NBA, correct, Jake? Yeah, I uh, got to go with the NBA. <laughs> the thing that I was most curious in was Russell Westbrook oh. and how he would perform after, you know, getting his butt kicked against Ricky Rubio and coming back after the game saying, he won't do that again, I can guarantee you. Yes, that. I like predictions. I like uh, 
players that are confident in themselves. He was certainly that going into this. So how did it turn so out you, last night? You, hold on. Well, let's let's stop. Well, I don't right like there. LeBron just saying, you know, I'm king. I'm the greatest of oh, all stop. time. And no, like that. I'm saying you liked after he got his butt kicked, mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, wait till next time." I game. guarantee it that I will shut him down. That's I didn't pretty love much that. paraphrasing. I didn't love that. That was kind of like you just got beat up. and You're like, "Oh, wait till I see him next time." All right. So what happens the next time he saw him? Okay, so th- here's where I'm going with this. I feel like he was more concerned about shutting Ricky Rubio down than getting this W. Hmm. Because, yeah, he shut Ricky Rubio down. Rubio didn't do much. But guess what? Utah won the game, 113-96. to Okay, and that's what matters. How many points did he end up with? Rubio and Westbrook. Uh, Rubio was like 4 of 16. Uh-huh. I think he had like 13 points. I'm going off of memory here. Nice. I'm trying to pull he guaranteed up. Guaranteed he'd shut him down. Yeah, I told you he, he did. I mean, but. The ultimately, How much energy did he have to expend to play defense for the first time this year? <laughs> he plays defense. Stop. Uh, Ricky Rubio had 13 points, and Russell Westbrook had 23 points. He was 7 of 18. So, I just I look at this, and I just don't know if Westbrook is a piece that you can win a championship with. I just don't I just don't believe it. You know, we didn't talk about this yesterday, but there was something over the weekend where uh, Kevin Durant liked an Instagram. And listen, we're gonna get in, we're gonna have some Instagram talk this morning. I'm sorry, but he he liked an Instagram comment, and I'm paraphrasing. Somebody said something to the effect of Westbrook was the problem, and he liked it. And then of course Durant says, "Oh, it was a mistake. I didn't mean to like that comment." But I, you just get the feeling that. A lot of his peers feel the same way that we do. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I don't think he can make this work. Like, I don't think he can be a the centerpiece of a championship team. I've always felt that way because I I like my point guards to be more like the Rajon Rondos. And I know that's a dying breed. I know that's a dying breed. I'm talking about back then. I'm not talking okay. about today, right. Aaron. I'm saying the – assist first point guards um and again i I realize that this game is changing and that guys like seth curry have found ways to make it work in Kyrie irving but Hmm. a guy like russell westbrook who demands the ball and who is so bad in the last two minutes of every game i just don't i don't think it'll work uh quint weighs in says both russ and lbj suffer from the same fatal flaw they try to do everything for their team both are better if they play like mj and just try to score the rebounds and assists will come on their own they don't need to try to compete to get a triple double every single game see lebron does the <laughs> russ has more help than lebron that's the problem like lebron if he doesn't who's going to do it where's he where does the production coming from kevin love Oh, really? <laughs> Have you been watching the playoffs? Not really. Okay. Uh, yeah, exactly. LeBron has to. Russ doesn't. He's got good players around him. He's got Paul George right there. But anyway. Utah is up on the series now 3-1. to one. My biggest takeaway from this was uh, Mitt Romney, of course, having a court side seat and wearing that jersey over top of button-down college <laughs> shirt. And he had his name on the back of his jersey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He looking good, looking good. You would wear a jersey Heck over top no. of a button-down shirt. No, and you asked me this before the show. Can you see Donald Trump wearing a jersey? I can see Trump, but he could have his name on the back. Uh, right? I can see him wearing an NFL jersey for sure. Do you like to see politicians when they harass uh, professional athletes or they're out there heckling them? I don't care, man. Yeah, I like it. It's kind of funny, but 
Adds nothing for me. Uh, <laughs> was another, there one other game yesterday? Yes, that's what I was trying to get to. The Rockets won 119 to 100. Houston scored 50 points in the third quarter. And Andrew Wiggins was bad. When he was on the floor, he was minus 30. Mm. Minus 30. That is, you got to play better than that, man. But uh, yeah, Houston showing off, taking that series back. Terry says Russell's a combination of Carmelo Anthony and Allen Iverson, the great stat monsters, but they will never win big. Agreed. Sherman says uh, Curry's a great shooter, though he's not just an okay shooter. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the difference. I mean, Russ, I don't want to, you know, pile on Russ because he's one of the most exciting players to watch. And I love, I've said this a thousand times, I love the way he throws himself at the rim. I mean, he is an incredible athlete who is it's just fun to watch. But give me a guy like Curry who, who can shoot and pass. Give me a guy like Kyrie Irving who can do both, who has those sick handles. I, You know, I'd rather a point guard like that rather than a Russell Westbrook who, you know, isn't as good a shooter as those two guys. Keep the text coming, 888 Pelicans playoff pre-sale tickets have been delayed because of a coding issue. Yeah. So then uh, the Pels come out, and I like it. They continue to hit it out of the ballpark. So their statement on their ticket pre-sales being delayed, first line in the release says, so it's been a while, so we're a little bit rusty. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Who's in charge of this? This is awesome. They got a sense of humor. Uh, They go down in their uh, statement to the fans and say, we intend to be in this position a lot, so we're confident that we can hone our pre-sale game tickets. Hmm. Nice. We apologize for the inconvenience and hope to see you soon in the Smoothie King Center. Take it for what it's worth. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Uh, There are a few headlines on this Tuesday morning. We got more coming up in the next segment. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Paper. The starting lineup. Are you crying? Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. There's no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. I like this starting lineup. Martez Carter, former uh, Richwood. Mr. Excitement. Mr. Excitement. Former Richwood star, Grambling star, trying to uh, get his foot in the door in the NFL. Of course, the draft slated to kick off later this week. Mr. Excitement will join the morning drive live at 745. Gus Cattengale, he's always fired up. I can only imagine what he's like after a sweep of the Blazers. He will join us at 8 o'clock. Speaking of red hot, how about Louisiana Tech and Lane Burroughs? He will join us for his weekly visit coming up at 8.30. Dogs with a big game tonight versus the Dirty Cages. Oh, sorry, that's proper red. You're going to get an email <laughs> right now. Hey, you know what we forgot to mention? Sterlington beat Wasman yesterday, 11 yes. How did you leave that out? I don't know. All the, and how all about Wasman at 2-2, two and two, and they came in there, they showed up in plenty of time, I think they were there 20 minutes before the game, and they put up a fight. Yeah. And they're a respectable game. Yeah, very respectable. And only their fifth game of the year. That's right. Good for Wasman. 11 nothing though, Sterlington marching on. Was uh, Brooks Rushworth earlier in the day, of course, outstanding center fielder. He signs a deal with the U.S. LSU unit, so good for him. Well deserved. Uh, we also have some sound from uh, Matt Viator and the Spring Wind, kind of a recap of what took place for ULM and Ed Orgeron making a stop in North Louisiana. And we'll have an Astros update. Oh, yeah, and the Astros <laughs> update. Stay tuned for that and perhaps a tilling story from this weekend. Oh, I was put to the work over wait. the weekend. Yeah, now that's a tease. Yeah, can't wait for that one.
The Morning Drive returns after this. You can hit us up at 888-993-7762. For the record, Jake didn't even know what tilling was. I didn't. I'll be honest. I've never tilled before. The Morning Drive back after this. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. Brad Parker and his wife Leah opened the Iron Cactus in Calhoun, Louisiana on July 12, 2010 and has made Iron Cactus into a one-of-a-kind restaurant and, in my opinion, the best Tex-Mex in the area. They now have a second location at 428 Desired Street in Monroe. Iron Cactus offers a family-friendly environment that's open for lunch and dinner and also has an array of platters for your catered events. Every time you visit Iron Cactus, you'll find a dedicated and grateful staff with a commitment to deliver the best Tex-Mex, along with the fresh ideas that will make you want to come back again and again. They pride themselves in using fresh food to meet your expectations of a delicious dining experience, and they look forward to serving you in a simple cantina setting. What's better than the Iron Cactus fajitas? Eating them with a margarita, obviously. They are so excited to announce they are now serving your favorite margaritas, wine, and ice-cold beer in downtown Monroe. 428 Desired Street, Monroe, and 1304 Highway 80 East in Calhoun. Let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston. Aaron hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group Oil and Realty Studio in West Monroe with the diva that's known as Jake Martin. The straw has returned this morning with the coffee cup. Got to keep those teeth clean. I got pictures to take this weekend, my man. <laughs> you don't think you're going to brush before then? Dude, I've already explained it. I'm not going through it again. Uh, drinking the coffee through the uh, straw this morning. Mr. I'm Jake trying Martin. new techniques to avoid coffee stains. Mm-hmm. And we're, we we do this show for two hours, can't brush my teeth yes. until 9 o'clock. Uh, when you go out to a restaurant and you order a glass of wine, do you get a uh, straw? No, I don't drink wine, really. <laughs> Not, I don't like, I've never liked wine. 888-993-7762. Another, uh, several other headlines that we did not get to in the first segment. Of course, I know you're fired up for the NFL draft on Thursday. Yeah, well, I was going to get the Astros first, oh, man. Sorry, Let's give the Astros their due. Uh, how's that give the, people how's the six-game winning streak going for the Astros? It's it's not going so well now. It's over. It's over. Hmm. The Astros lost two to nothing. They only had seven hits. And that's about all I can give you about the Astros. Well, you know, they were coming off that series up in Chicago, and they had the sweep, and they outscored uh, the White Sox 27-2. to 
Then they go out against Angels last night and they get shut out. They did out hit the Angels seven to four. Three Angel pitchers combined for the shutout versus the Strohs. That is what you call an update. You provided way too much information, and this is supposed to be no, you know satire. It's important. We may have to have some uh, music for this Astros update, too. Well, here I am, not taking it seriously. I want to take it to another level. I didn't realize you were taking it seriously. It'll be very serious through the months of uh, June and July, Jake. Okay. The Astros update may get expanded to like five minutes. Wow. All right. You haven't gone through a June or July yet, so. (laughs) I I feel like I filled in a good bit during those months. Anyway. Back on track. Um, uh, Tabor says this segment segment's not long enough for music. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Good point. That is true. Um, Sherman likes your your update. All right, I guess we'll have to start taking it more seriously. Appreciate it, Sherman. That's what I do. Well, you know what I want to talk about. I'm here about. for you. I want to talk about the draft. Uh-huh. I'll talk about the draft every day. I, I bet people are like, I can't wait for the draft to happen, so uh-huh. let's stop talking about it. But hearing more baker love Mm -hmm. which is a little bit surprising i was listening to a good old podcast uh rosillo and todd mcshay uh mcshay was saying that he was hearing more love for baker than for rosen which sort of surprised me he also said that people in cleveland's front office actually like baker Hmm. so i think you know coming into this week I was pretty sold on them taking Josh Allen because it just seems like the Cleveland Browns thing to do. Mm-hmm. And now I'm starting to hear some love for Baker, and then I'm starting to see more and more Sam Darnold picks in these mock drafts, including um, uh, Peter King's on, on Monday morning quarterback. Mm-hmm. He had uh, actually Sam Darnold going number one overall to Cleveland. At what point do you think Cleveland finally tips their hand and we know what they're going to do? Or is it just going to become – Why would they? They're going to go all the, right, all the way right down to the wire. We're going to have major suspense leading into this. They've, I think we're going to go all the way to the wire. They've been very tight-lipped. And you have a lot of – listen, if, you, if you're on the fence about watching the draft, I can tell you right here, right now. You're getting people saying that the Browns are going to take Darnold overall. You're getting people that are saying the Browns are going to take Allen overall. And then in that second pick – some people, the Giants could go three different ways. They could go with Barkley, they could go with Bradley Chubb, or they could go with the quarterback. So who's going to you know, back up Eli Manning and then ultimately be handed the keys to the, to the city. Hmm. But if you look at you know, the Giants in particular, they could go with Barkley because there are people inside that front office who feel like he can be the face of that franchise. They could go Chubb because – What's you know most people argue that that a pass rusher is the second most important position you can you can get in this draft aside from a quarterback. Hmm. So then I was looking at you know I was continuing to look at King's piece and for the Jets he has Josh Rosen but underneath it he says could be Baker Mayfield easily. Hmm. So I there's so much entry because you're seeing all these different teams like these different quarterbacks and I just think it's. Nobody truly knows what's going to happen, and that anticipation gets me. couple texts here. Quinn says, it's a bad thing if Cleveland loves you. Good point. Jay <laughs> says, uh, the Browns screwing up draft picks for decades. Exactly. Uh, the best story that I saw yesterday involving the draft. So, uh, John Elway has Baker Mayfield up in Denver, and he's having a little bit of an interview with him, and they're hanging out in the team's cafeteria having lunch. Case Keenum walks in. <laughs> 
awkward. It's like your the guy has been with the team for how long? What, a couple months? Yes. Yeah. He's all fired up. He's got this new gig. You know, it's his opportunity to be the star. He's going through. He's up there working out in Austin. He's going through the cafeteria line. He looks over in Elway. Is there interviewing his possible replacement? Oh, that is awkward. That's the NFL for you, isn't it? Yeah. It is. That sucks, though. Yeah, yeah. You go into the Washita Citizen, you grind it out a long day, and maybe you know some other young whippersnapper sitting there trying to get a job. That's right. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing, too, is Denver. You know, with the number five pick, what are they going to do? Are they actually going to take a quarterback? Are they going to – I think somebody's going to end up trading with them, and they're going to come back. I, I think the Buffalo Bills are most likely to trade with them, but – Ah, there's just so much intrigue going into this draft, especially this year. Uh, I'm going to ask Gus later in the show about Sean Payton, but what is up with Sean Payton and how he's kind of opening up a little bit, or at least with national media members? He was on Dan Patrick's show yesterday, and he was very forthcoming with some of his answers. Talked about the exercise that they do, and they go back and they kind of evaluate last year's draft. And he literally said of the first round, 15, 18 of the teams in their picks would say, They'd do it again. They'd want to do over. And then he said another eight picks, of course, the the teams are very happy with what they did, including the Saints, obviously. And then the others, of course, uh, still, to, still to be determined. What made headlines when he said uh, if Mahomes would have been available when they had the draft last year, when they had the what, 11th overall pick, they would have picked Mahomes. Thankfully he wasn't. He always is in love with Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, we knew that. Um, but – and the other thing, of course, he, he, you know, now he says Garoppolo, they really wanted him, but ultimately they took, I think, what, Stanley Jean Batiste ahead of him yeah. a few years ago. That we'll, we'll see the whole Mahomes-Lattimore thing. It worked out for the Saints, yeah. especially, you know, early on. I'm still – I don't know, man. It's just something about Mahomes' mechanics that concern me. But if you got a guy like Andy Reid or a guy like Sean Payton – coaching the quarterback i think it's gonna work like i think mahomes will be a star down the road but i still think the saints lucked up by getting Lattimore. you got instant uh gratification for that uh pick uh other headlines related to the nfl willie sneed will take the deal with the ravens the two-year 10.4 million dollar deal saints had five days to match it they did not so he is now off to baltimore Need some more receivers. Uh, Julio Jones. So he's upset with the Falcons. What's the best way to take it out on an NFL franchise? Okay, so we don't know. We, we don't know if this was his motivation because there's a report that this was actually done to inspire some Alabama players right. or as a way to uh, show off a fresh start. So what he did was he went on Instagram and he deleted all of his photos of him <laughs> With the Falcons. With the Falcons. So, people are, get people are speculating, you know, because they're working out right now and he's not with them. People are speculating, like, is he done? Is he done with the Falcons? What's going on here? It could be a deal where he, he's had, you know, him and the front office aren't on the same page, perhaps. Five-time Pro Bowler signed a five-year, $71-and-a-quarter-million-dollar extension in 2015. Still has three years and literally – uh, about $34.5 million left on the deal. His average comes to about fourteen uh, $14.25 per year. That, of course, is not keeping up with the other Joneses in the league. 
the likes of Antonio Brown, who's making about $17 million a year. Mike Evans around sixteen and a half. Or it could be one of those things where uh, he, he was actually with Crimson Tide players, and it was to set an example. I don't know what example he's trying to set there, but uh, he – Somebody said it was he was wanting to have a fresh start on social media, nothing more. Hmm. We'll get you back in uh, Atlanta. I'm not Park. back. I'm just saying you got to give both sides to it. It could be either thing. Hmm. Other storyline that did not make uh, headlines for Jake, but it certainly did for me. So Gronkowski, of course, started investing in the horse that was named Gronkowski. So you're thinking this is going to be great. He's going to be at the Kentucky Derby. Gronkowski, the racehorse, would have a chance. I think it was 30 to 1. News coming out yesterday, they have to pull Gronkowski out of the Kentucky Derby with an injury. Heartbreaking. A Gronkowski coming down with an injury. Who would have thunk? <laughs> Do you have any other headlines? What no. else did you learn from Rusillo, and where can we find Rusillo at now? On podcasts. Yeah. yeah. No, it, listen, it, this wasn't from Rusillo, but I could still – I mean, I can talk about the draft all show if you want me to. But uh, Cleveland – I'm really interested in Cleveland, and I'm, I bring Cleveland back up because we're getting a lot of texts about Cleveland. Doc says it does not matter who Cleveland takes first. They are still going to be trash. Cleveland's a team to keep an eye on because they've had this philosophy where they were trying to gather picks, and the whole philosophy was, well, if you have more picks, you have more opportunities to, to, to select the right person, to, to not get that bust. And uh, it's just watch Cleveland and see what they do with these picks, if they actually use them or if they trade them, because they've already started trading some of them. You know, they got Tyrod Taylor, Carlos Hyde. They've already started trading some of them. So, so watch what the new management does with these picks, because it could be a completely new change in philosophy for that team. Hmm. I just, listen, I, I can't wait for the draft. I, we're, what, two days away? It needs to happen because I'm tired of sitting here trying to project who's going to go where. And actually, we'll do that on Top Ten Thursday. Mm. That show, we'll, we'll do our, our mock draft Top Ten. Mm. Uh, would you pay to go watch the NFL draft? If it was in New Orleans? You know, they're, they're starting to take it to different cities. Uh -huh. That'd be if, a big deal. If it came to New yeah. Orleans, yeah. I don't know how much, but I think it would be fun. Tickets are pretty high. Dude, when it was in Philadelphia, was that last year or two uh -huh. years ago? Uh -huh. yeah, that was like – an amazing time. I was surprised by that turnout. 888-993-7762. Coming up after the break, you'll hear from Ed Orgeron. He made his stop in North Louisiana. He's got several comments about our Northeast Louisiana players and also about preseason predictions for LSU. What does he think about the fact that some out there think the Tigers will go 6-6 six and six next year? Coach O's response coming up after the break. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. 
We'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. Most of the work goes on unseen, unheard of, until you see that child, you see that victim, you see that family. The people who work here work here from a place of mission. They're here because they really want to serve children who are the most vulnerable in our city. So truly, it took the work of the Children's Advocacy Center to bring that baby back. And that's really what the goal is, is to have these people that have been abused become survivors. Visit LACACS.org for more information. Sponsored by the Louisiana Children's Trust Fund. Local Sports Talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. All right, LSU Homer. Uh, the Tiger Tour, the LSU Caravan, used to be a, a huge deal. It was a very popular event, especially here in Monroe and West Monroe. In the last couple of years, it's basically faded away. And I look at the number of stops they used to make, and literally uh, it was all across the state and in the Gulf area. And now, because they stopped in Shreveport yesterday, so I was just curious, uh, what were their plans for this year? And they're only making three stops, I believe, Shreveport, Houston, and New Orleans. Yeah. Hmm. Um, well, and like you said, I remember them coming to Vidalia one time. Yeah. Yeah. Vidalia really? slash Natchez. Big crowd? Yeah, but I mean, this was year, this was when Jimbo Jimbo actually came as the offensive coordinator. That's how long ago it was. Well, when Nick Saban would come back in the day, I mean, it was literally like a rock star had arrived. Absolutely. I mean, it was a packed house out of out the Civic Center, and it just seemed as the years went by. And then, of course, it didn't seem like they had the total commitment where you would get miles there year after year. Then they went like a two-year rotation, or you get them two years, and then he'd not make it the third year. And, you know, they'd bring the coaches, the other coaches, and I'm sure they felt kind of odd. You know, they, they were just kind of like the supporting cast for Miles or for Saban. But I don't know. For some reason, it's just uh, it's fallen off now. Well, if you remember last year, uh, Munner almost didn't get Ed Orgeron. Yeah. But that was a different event, I believe. It was. It was a, it was a high school football event, yeah. but it was very late. Like, I remember when they announced their schedule, they didn't have Monroe on there. Mm-hmm. And then they, it was a late addition. So he almost didn't come to Monroe at all. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, they, they were able to work something out. But with all that said, this is a very important area for recruiting for LSU football. Yes. Well, I mean, it, I know they've lost a lot of recruits from here. Uh, Orgeron uh, did talk to the uh, Shreveport media yesterday, and they asked him about the number of kids from North Louisiana that are on the roster that will be difference makers for the Tigers next season. Well, you look at Devin White, look at Greedy Williams, Richard Lawrence, leads our football team. Look at Terrence Marshall, the number one wide receiver in the country, Devin Cotton, Michael Baskersfield. Look at Travis Moore from Bastrop, uh, great signees that we had this year. They make up over 50 percent of our football team and we love them. they're the captains of our football team and some of our best players of our football team when lsu has won national championships they've been very strong in north louisiana and we plan on doing that devin white's had such a amazing season last year for the tigers how good can he be you know when it's all said yeah you know he's still growing and uh, he's still getting better at his fundamentals Think about this now, 250 pounds. Devin White ran a 10, 600 meters. I know you know that in high school. That's very unusual. He's very talented. But the best thing about Devin, he's a great young man. 
Uh, he goes to school. He goes to class. Uh, he has a high character about himself. This guy's going to be a high draft choice. He's going to play in the NFL for many years. Devin White's going to be a beast once again this year. This just did. <laughs> yeah. And then he he runs through the list of players from North Louisiana. That is a star-studded list. It really is. Um, it really is a star-studded list. It's the three best at their positions on that defense, Rashard Lawrence, Devin White, Greedy Williams. You know, and, you know, you, you could argue if, if Rashard's healthy, I mean, he could be a all, first-team All-SEC player this year. I think, I think he has that potential, but, you know, just hopefully he's a little bit healthier this year than he was last year. But, uh, yeah, you, you look at that defense, and, and it's anchored by those guys. And Terrace Marshall, I'm still waiting to see what he does. Uh, he's still trying to get fully healthy. Didn't, didn't really turn a lot of heads in the spring game, but, again, it's just a spring game. But then leading into the practices, yeah, Orgeron pointed him out several times. And, in fact, he said one practice he was the MVP of the practice. Yeah. But uh, making several one-handed grabs. Yeah, and listen, if anything, the spring game gave more credence to what Ed Orgeron says because he said these things about Justin Jefferson and Justin McMillan, and you saw it in live action. Both of those guys were more impressive than we were anticipating. Mm-hmm. And Travez Moore, by the way, looks like a brick house. I think he he bumped into Miles Brennan on accident during that spring game, and the guys the, the media guys said they could hear it in the press box. <laughs> it was like a, a little kid running into a, a grown man. Uh, predictions now will start coming out, and of course, uh, we told you Vegas win totals. They had it at what six point two for LSU, yeah. and we went through the list, and of course, we were shocked at some of the programs and some of the teams that they had ahead of LSU. And when magazines start coming out here uh, early summer, it'll be interesting to see what kind of respect LSU and Ed Orgeron is getting. Yeah, and Trent just said 2018 will be rough due to scheduling and use seven or eight wins. And he also says it's scary here, and Devin White is still learning. He is 100% a monster, and he has to throw in that Go Tigers. But, yeah, uh, listen, the schedule is brutal. And we've said this numerous times. I still think this team has – what it takes to get to nine wins, which would be a fantastic season. I also see a scenario where they only win seven games. I think it's all predicated on that Miami game, but I'm sure Ed Orgeron has more confidence than I do. Well, Ed Orgeron was asked about it last night, about these predictions and some having him go six and six next year. Here's Coach O's response. The time of year, I guess people have to have something to do. I'm busy coaching the football team. I don't read it. We don't pay attention to it. That's why you play the football game. Uh, I think we have a very good football team. We're going to take it one day at a time. We're going to have an excellent summer. You know, the opener against Miami is going to be a fantastic challenge for our football team, but I know we're going to be ready. Really solidified, you know, now you're solidified in this spot at LSU. What do you enjoy most about the culture, about being the head coach of the Tigers? Yeah, I was just telling Derek, you know, I came to school in North Louisiana, was raised in South Louisiana, coached in Lake Charles. I love coming to see the people and how much love they have for the LSU Tigers. I have the same. I love recruiting. I love every day going to work. Uh, love seeing Tiger Stadium, walking to Tiger Stadium, and just being the head coach at LSU is a tremendous honor. Roy Lang from the Shreveport Times firing off a question there. He solidified that spot. How solid of a ground is it, though, for Coach O? Mm, shaky ground. We're on shaky ground. A little soupy. Maybe yeah, it just depends on what he does this year. It just depends. He didn't do himself any favors by getting Ensminger, but hey, if you're if you're on shaky ground to begin with, might as well get your guy in there. 
Uh, ULM also uh, wrapped up spring football over the weekend with their spring game. Defense did look like it, it had been, it improved, of course, the, the third worst defense in the country. On the flip side, of course, an offense that uh, finished the year 21st overall in total O. Uh, Matt Viator addressed what they accomplished this spring in now his third season. Good spring thus far. Really pleased. Uh, great attitude by our kids. And, uh, you know, so far, no real serious injuries, which we're excited about. And, um, we will hold some kids out of the scrimmage today, uh, normal, I think normal spring. Some guys, um, we did get some guys back from the fall, and uh, some of them were actually practiced, but, well, they're still not, they still can't have true contact. Uh, a guy like Xavier Brown and um, uh, Jonathan Hodo, uh, Nick Ingram, these kids have actually been practicing every day. Uh, we got different colored jerseys on them, and then so now that it's scrimmage time, uh, Roy Williams has actually really practiced every day, but uh, coming off of shoulder surgery, we're gonna we're taking a little precaution with him, so he hasn't actually been scrimmaging either. But uh, for the most part, pretty good. And uh, so I think we've made some progress, it seems. And uh, so we're excited. We're actually gonna kind of hybrid today. We're gonna scrimmage a little bit, and then we'll do like some the third go round. We'll do like a game type situation in, in terms of um, you know one side, and then turn the ball over the other side, and kind of play it wherever it is. But um, I choose to do it uh, this way, basically, because I've been asked, you know, why don't you split up teams and all that. I think the main concern I always have is it's not really the way we practice. And um, so this is a way we can actually monitor the number of plays that, that a kid plays. And, um, you know, we're not in, really in shape right now. We haven't really practiced for a kid to go out there and take 60, 70, 80 snaps. And if you're not careful with limited numbers, you know, we were looking at our numbers and, you know, we have five defensive ends that can practice. and. You know, so if you happen to get on the team that there's two of you and the offense is moving the ball, and you know you could be out there for a long time with nobody to come out there to get you, and and that's I said that's really not the way we practice. So I've always been kind of precautious, uh, taking some precautionary measures about that. We've actually got a work a lot of work this spring on kickoff, kickoff return. So we won't actually do that today, but we will do uh, work on our punt, punt return a little bit, and uh, with more emphasis today on our return. Matt Viator, of course, uh, that uh, interview was before the spring game. He was not uh, available for interviews after the game. Of course, he had uh, some duties to do with the the Doug Peterson event on Saturday. But a little bit of recap of the Warhawks and, of course, what he anticipated and what he saw this past spring. You look at their schedule, it's still daunting, but it's not what it has been in the past. And this is where they've kind of gone in the last couple of years. And, of course, uh, Brian Wickstrom and Matt, Matt Viator, Wickstrom back then were pushing for this to go back to where it's just two money games instead of three money games. Two money games this year will feature a trip to the Aggies on September uh, 15th, and then on October 8th, they'll go over to Oxford to square off against Ole Miss. You look at this schedule, opportunity to get off to a great start at home versus Southeastern, and you look at one of those games that can make a difference maker for this team and for the season, week number two going over to Southern Miss. Yeah, so it's still tough. It's just not what it, like you said, what it has been. Last year, I thought they that, that they had a, a legit argument for one of the toughest schedules in the country, mm-hmm. uh, especially with those three money games that you mentioned. But now this year, it's it, you compare those two, and I, I just it, it, this is a lot better, a lot better situation for ULM. And you get relatively the, the two money games out of the way pretty early in the season, and then you get really into the heart of the conference play. 
after that Ole Miss game when you go to Coastal Carolina, Texas State at home, Georgia Southern at home, go to South Alabama, travel to Arkansas State, and then uh, the Raging Cajuns will be making a trip to Malone to end the year. I always love it when that is the way the season ends with a matchup against the Cajuns to end the year. How it should be. There you go. There's a little spring football report from us here on The Morning Drive. Let's take a time out. We're really fired up about our next uh, guest, Martez Carter. Mr. Excitement from Richwood and Grambling joins us after the break as he looks forward to getting the opportunity to make a name for himself in the National Football League. The Morning Drive is back after this. Get your craw daddies now at Randall's Fine Meats. Randall's Fine Meats has your craw daddies ready to go every day. Low prices for live or boiled. Ask about their 5 and 10 pound specials on some of the best crawfish around. Plus, Randall's will even cater your next event. Just give them a call, 343-0382, and book in advance. Randall's also has your specialty stuffed meats, and you have to try his fried cracklings. At Randall's, like them on Facebook or just stop on by. Randall's Fine Meats, 4205 Old Sterlington Road, Monroe. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whenever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. The newest lawn equipment pro center in the area is your new Cub Cadet Superstore, Yard Power. Yard Power in Monroe is your source for the full line of Cub Cadet mowers. In fact, they're the only dealer in Northeast Louisiana. And Yard Power is loaded with Cub Cadets. Over 100 mowers on the ground ready to roll. All backed by a full service and parts department. So remember YP, Yard Power. On Highway 165 in Monroe, just one mile north of Century Lane. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the morning drive. So many different storylines in the NFL draft, of course, with the big names at the top on Thursday, but there's so many different other storylines that will play out throughout the weekend with an opportunity for a number of our uh, local stars to get an opportunity to play at the next level in the NFL. We always love catching up with Mr. Excitement, Martez Carter, formerly of Richwood and Grambling. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Martez, how are you doing this morning, bud? What's good, Aaron Dietrich? Martez, what's it been like over the course of the last uh, couple months since uh, your career wrapped up, uh, wrapped up at Grambling, trying to get ready and trying to catch a few eyes from uh, NFL coaches and scouts? Um, motion's been all over the place, man. I've just been counting the days until this Thursday, and I feel like it's just taking its time. The training, what has it consisted of for you during these months? Um, It's been hard, a lot of conditioning. 
uh, weightlifting, uh, meal prepping, just a, a number of things in order to get me ready for um, a tight this mini count that's coming up soon. Uh, the fact that, of course, the pro day out at Grambling, a number of uh, franchises there, and a lot of them uh, keep keeping close tabs on you. Can you explain how nervous and what that process is like for you when you know it's a big day and a lot of people are, are there just to check you out? Uh, I mean, emotions are flaring. I just wanted to have a, a good day that day. and I pretty much did have a good day. Uh, they was impressed with my numbers, and I was impressed with them as well, just to show that, you know, the, the three or four months that I was training, it was it, it it showed up on my pro day, and um, I was just excited to get that day over with, so I can kind of see what the scouts was thinking after, as we uh, start facing um, this Thursday. What was uh, some of the feedback? And I, I know a lot of them are very coy about what they tell athletes, and especially the media. What did you hear from the, the coaches and the scouts? Um. They uh, they wanted me to lose a little weight, and uh, they said that, that I ran as expected. They expected me to run um, my 40 times the time that I had. I ran a 4.49, I ran a 4.56. But uh, they they was they was pretty impressed still. I had no drop balls. They said I moved well in my drills. And and um, the day for me went as expected, and they was pretty impressed. You're kind of in a tough spot. You want to bulk up because you want, you want to be in every down back, but also you don't want to lose your quickness. Uh, what do you think is your ideal playing weight? Uh, around 200, 205 pounds. I, I was I was pretty elusive at that weight. I moved pretty good, and I was still able to run some people over and run some some people and make some people miss. So I feel like like right around 200, 205 club, you know, anywhere between that. I, I feel pretty good at that playing weight. Uh, what did you weigh in at, at pro day? Oh, I was 210 at pro day. Could you feel a difference? Did you feel a little bit slow? Uh, I, I felt I felt the steps slower. Um, I was pretty big. Two ten is pretty big for a five seven guy. Um, felt like a little bowling ball, but I had been you know training with this weight for for since December, so I was still pretty comfortable. But I felt like if I was a little lighter, I would have had better results. Marquez Carter, former Richwood and Grambling star, joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. He's got a remarkable story on his journey to being a star in the college ranks and, of course, now looking to make a name for himself in the NFL. Marquez, we look back at your days at Richwood, a two-sports star there in football and then basketball. You helped win a state championship for the Rams your junior year. In fact, you finished that game with a slam dunk. Uh, what was that like because you were ineligible your senior year thinking or, or trying to know you were going to get a chance at the next level? Uh, man, Aaron, I was so lost, man. Uh, once I figured out that I wouldn't get my senior year, um, I just kind of stuck around the team. I still practiced with the football team. I was still on the scout team for the basketball team. I just kind of stayed around the athletics, uh, aspects of the game. And, and, and one day some coaches came to see Ramon Brown and Monster, um, at practice. And I was there giving those guys a look and they was impressed and they kind of gave me hope. Um, it was a basketball scholarship. Uh, I wasn't. I didn't. Actually, no one actually looked at me for football until after I left Wiley College. But just, I don't know, man. I kept faith, but I did lose all hope at one point when it came to playing on the next level. And I don't know. I just, I'm just thankful for the opportunities that I was given in order to become a Grambling State target. 
And Martez, I remember those days. I'd be at a game and I'd look over and I'd see the most athletic DJ of all time over there. I mean, that had to be you wanted to be a part of it, and you were trying to keep the crowd entertained in different ways during that time. Yeah, man, I, I just did what I could to keep those guys in a winning spirit. Um, it was I was a piece of the cake, and I was a big piece of that puzzle that Ritual had going at the time. I felt like if I played my senior year, we would have won another championship, but. I was just trying to be there for those guys as much as I could, you know, and uh, just keeping my high energy around and practicing with those guys and traveling with those guys. I feel like uh, it played a big success in those guys. Uh, it played a big part in those guys' success. You do get an opportunity to do college athletics. You go over to Wiley College in Marshall, and you're playing hoops. Uh, at what point did you think, maybe, maybe this isn't what's uh, in store for me and I, I want to get back into football? Uh, after we won our championship at Wiley College in basketball, we won our conference championship. Uh, the coach announced that he was leaving and going to coach, be the head basketball coach at Mississippi Valley. And uh, the new coach, he didn't renew my scholarship, and he said he would help me uh, continue to stay in school. But, man, I had out-of-state fees over there in Texas, and then uh, and then uh, I, I, I had to walk back. I had to be a walk-on, so I had to try out again. So, man, I was just like, you know what, I'm just I'm going to go to community college. So I went home for Christmas break, and Coach Files was there. He asked me that I want to play football. He became the head coach at Gremlin. So I just kind of took a leap of faith and, and landed over there at Gremlin playing cornerback. And, I mean, it just kind of took off from there. Coach Fives has told us the story a couple times, just literally at a holiday uh, basketball game. And he was talking to another coach from this area about, hey, whatever happened to uh, – Martez Carter, they said, oh, he's here. Uh, I mean, sometimes uh, luck actually was in your favor with you landing at Grambling, correct? Yes, yeah, so I was just strolling across the Civic Center. They had the Holiday Classic. Um, Ritual was playing against Rabel, and and I was at I was in attendance to that game. I, I have little, I have some cousins at Rabel, and of course I was a Ritual alum at the time, so. I was just there in attendance, and, and, and as they was discussing me, I was walking across the gym, and the principal, uh, Mr. Davis, he hollered at me all the way from the top of the gym, hey, man, come here. And I went up, and I had that conversation, and, and then that's when the Grammar State door opened for me. And then, of course, uh, from there, it's history. You, you walk on at Grambling. How long did it take you to realize you could not only compete at that level, you could excel? I mean, I went through my whole first year. I played cornerback. Um, I didn't get any snaps, however, playing corner. That was just a position that they had open in order for me to get a jersey. Um, I played all special teams, and I was and I was having a lot of success. They kick off return um, against the big schools, and, and my coach was like, man, you carry the ball well. And I was like, yeah, put me at running back, and I'll show you some, some things. And uh, he just laughed, and then next spring he really tried me at running back, and and that's when I realized, like, man, if I if I kind of take this crap serious, I got a shot. And I and I started putting my all into football, and started having a lot of success and a lot of great feedback. And and here we are today, you know, two days away from possibly getting drafted and playing on the next level. Martez, can you put into words what the last two years have been like for you, this program, and of course uh, last year over uh, fifteen hundred all-purpose yards, the 12 touchdowns, and, of course, being a big part of uh, Broderick Fobbs and the success that Grambling has had? Uh, it's been exciting. It's been an emotional roller coaster. Uh, my first year 
we I got here, we was coming from like a one in twelve season, and man, it's just to see this thing turn around for me. It's just been exciting, you know, and and I and I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. What has been the difference with Broderick Fives in this staff and what they have done to be able to turn this around? Coach Fives is a, a God-fearing man. He's a great man on and off the field. and uh, I just I just like the way he handles. He, he handles the players as well as the family around us. And, and uh, I just couldn't, I just couldn't uh, thank Coach Fives enough for all he's done. Martez, it has been a bumpy road for you, but uh, congratulations on your success. A lot of kids from this area face the same issues that you do and haven't overcome them. Do you give them any advice as they come to you and say, hey, how did you pull this off? I just kept faith, and, and God put some, some great people in my life. I've had people who didn't know me or just knew of me and, and just kind of got behind the, the Martez Carter train and pushed it along. So, you know, when God sends people in your life to help you, man, don't burn those bridges, you know. Uh, if you believe in something, if you feel like um, it's what you want to do in life, just kind of put your all into it and just hit that thing 110% at 100 miles an hour. And I promise you, whatever wall it is, you're going to knock down and overcome it. So just take that leap of faith as I did and just put your all into it, and I promise you'll get the results that you're seeking. Uh, this should be a big uh, draft for Grambling players getting an opportunity, of course, with yourself, Kincaid, and uh, Meander. Uh, people look at this Grambling program now. You practice and you know this roster. Are they going to be all right next year? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that they're going to they're gonna be fine, man. Um, they, they took a big blow with the graduating class, but as I attended some spring practices, um, they still got some excitement over there. Martez, I'm happy for your success. Uh, hopefully it's a big weekend, and uh, whatever camp or uh, franchise you land with, uh, you're certainly getting a quality player and individual. Thanks for the time, bud. I appreciate you having me on your campus, man. Martez Carr, former uh, Richwood and uh, Grambling star. I always love when we can shine a spotlight on a great story, and he certainly got a great story. And certainly- I just remember going to those Richwood games, and uh, you know he's ineligible because of age, and you look over there, and he's just there as the DJ, and you just know what an incredible athlete he is. You're like, oh, I hope this works out well for him. And then, yeah. of course, you lose touch, you lose base, and then you find out he went over to Wiley to play basketball, and you heard him tell the story basically one year and then was cut. And then just a random meeting with Broderick Fives, and the rest is history. Turned it all around, yeah. A lot of hard work, of course, along the way. Absolutely. Yeah, certainly rooting for him. Hey, uh, in case you didn't know, I was hyped about the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. So some some uh, movement on Twitter. Uh, Adam Schefter kind of talking about what we've discussed with the Browns and Baker Mayfield. He tweeted, just to add a bit more murkiness to the top of the draft, one NFL executive said this morning that Baker Mayfield is definitely in Cleveland's conversation to become the number one overall pick. And then Kirk Herbstreit retweeted and said, must have watched the film. I in the sky don't lie. Would you pass on the next Drew Brees? Listen, you don't know who the Browns are taking. You don't know who the Giants are taking. That's why it's so much intrigue. Could go numerous ways. 7 o'clock hour in the books coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Gus Kattengill joins us from ESPN New Orleans after the break. And then at 8.30, Louisiana Tech's Lane Burroughs for his weekly visit. Big game for the Diamond Dogs tonight as they square off against the Cajuns. The morning drive is back after this.
Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.